When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Real quick before we jump into the show, I just wanted to do a last minute reminder for the 4x6 Christmas print exchange. Guys, if you're not signed up, give us an email. Go to analogtalkpodcast at gmail.com. Just leave your name, address, maybe a brief little message saying that this is for the 4x6 print exchange. And we'll be drawing those after the 30th of November. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Analog Talk, a film photography podcast. I'm your host, Tim. I'm Chris. And today on the show, we have Willem Verbeek. Hey, Willem. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. So before we get into the show, can you do us a favor and introduce yourself to our listeners and kind of give everybody a background on who you are and how you got started in photography? Yeah, um, I'm Willem Verbeek. I'm 19, and I guess I'm a fashion and portrait photographer. It's always I'd say fashion. Yeah, yeah. 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 you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I live in New York right now, but I grew up mostly in Europe, and I actually started I guess getting into cameras with video, I did a lot of Mm. video work for like, I've been doing video for like maybe three or four years and it started off as like a fun thing, obviously, and then got more serious and I started working as a videographer. I worked on like street fashion videos for a company called The Basement in London, which is like a a fashion media outlet. And that was like, I would say like two years from starting video up to that point. And I never actually, I, I had cameras, I had, I filmed with Nikons and Sonys, but I never actually shot photos. I mean, I would shoot maybe a travel photo occasionally, yeah. but that was the mm. most. And I actually only got into photography when I was in Japan and I bought like a, an Olympus 35 ED rangefinder Ooh. and I started shooting film and film was actually my first experience or my first real experience with photography I would say yeah and then after that trip I moved here to New York and I guess I've been shooting film for like a year and a half now man love that how did you get into all this editorial work when I was starting video in high school I was interested in fashion and because that's what I was interested in and that's what my friends were interested in that's kind of what we started shooting and I would shoot little whatever lookbook videos with my friends and then Mm. when I got into photography I was looking for inspiration and I started looking at fashion photographers and yeah I guess that's that's how that started but yeah it also just came from that fashion video background. So are you are you full time with that? No, not at all. Well, I actually I'm in school right now. I'm at Parsons. Um I'm in my second year and I'm studying photo and then I also intern like 3 days a week right now for a fashion media company called High Snobiety as a videographer and editor. Oh wow. So I guess yeah. Yeah, I've I've heard of them. That's cool. Yeah. That's what I'm doing right now. What kind of stuff are you learning in school? I'm, I'm curious to know, like, what oh, yeah. photography classes are like these now. days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I guess the first year at Parsons was, like, um, an art foundation, so it was no photo courses. Only really mm. my, my semester that I've been doing now is the first photo courses that I've had. So we've had, like, a, a darkroom class, which uh, has been yes. insane. It's been, like, so good for me. And then we have some, like, digital photo classes and some history classes and some photography, like, theory classes where we discuss photography more, like, theoretically. That That sounds sounds so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's not what... We didn't really ever study, like, the theory of photography when Mm -hmm. I went. It was all, like, you know, your settings and this is, you know, different lighting and this is the commercial aspect of it. Mm -hmm. The the theory classes are more, like, um, 
reading based and we just read books that are accessible and then we meet up and discuss them. A really good one was like on photography. It's written by Susan Sontag and it's an insane yeah. book. Like Ooh, it, okay, I have to check that out. Yeah, it literally talks about everything like that a photo is. Oh, man. Yeah, it's crazy. It will totally change the way you look at it. Yeah, I was going to say. (laughs) Man, I've had that book sitting on my bookshelf forever. I found it at a Goodwill for like 99 cents, and I really need to just read it. You haven't read it? (laughs) No, (laughs) I can see it right here. I'm looking right at it, and it's just nuts because it. Yeah, it's just one of those books, you know, we... uh, I always collect, you know, I collect photo books mm-hmm. and zines and stuff like that. And that, you know, I was, I was stoked because I recognized the name and it was like photography and da da da. And then, you know, you flip through it and it's just words. So I was just, like, <laughs> like, I was like a little kid about it. Like, oh, there's no pictures. So I, I still bought it because like I really wanted to read it. Yeah. It was recommended from somebody else too. So I, I need to read it. I'm going to pull it out and make it, yeah, make it happen. It's really good. Like it, it talks about, I mean, I feel like it would be different if, how long have you guys been shooting for? I should know this. Sorry. I've been shooting since high school. So like 15, well, like 15 years, like professionally mm-hmm. since I went to school for it in 2003 slash mm-hmm. four. So long time. I'm kind of just back. I'm back like at a five year, like actually six. It's going on six years strong that I've been doing it again. I mean, I Mm -hmm. did it in high school, but this is like the real deal now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you've probably thought about a lot of this stuff then, but as being someone like new to photography, I've been shooting for a year and a half. It changes everything. Like I feel like it, that book is like an education in itself. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm I'm sure it'd be good to read now because, you know, you kind of get hung up on a lot of things and sometimes you need that that like you know whatever to like re-inspire you you know or like look 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 at things differently Mm -hmm. and this book has been written like so many years ago yet like even with um smartphones and social media like the book just becomes more relevant oh sure yeah i i feel like she understood photography so well that even though she didn't know like how it was going to evolve like it, it still just applies so well every single thing she says oh man Dude, now yeah. I'm like, I need to I know, read I gotcha. it. I'm going to go <laughs> like on I, Amazon right now and be like, can I'm I get pick this it up book? after we're done here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I'm done with it, Chris, I'll send it to okay. you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, Willem, how long have you been in the YouTube game? I checked out some of your videos today and they're phenomenal. Thank you. I, I've always been uploading to YouTube. Like, I've always been uploading those fashion videos from the start when I was making them. And I've kind of, like, archived all of that now because I started doing all those film photography videos. But I feel like I've been doing it seriously with the film photography for four months, maybe. There were a couple, like, videos I just recorded for fun. But before that, but I wouldn't say those were serious. And I definitely didn't think of it as like a thing. But yeah, it's it's been like, I've been so surprised that people are actually watching those. It's crazy. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> I mean, I, I love the ones w- with the portraits of your grandparents. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I was like, I, <laughs> this is so wonderful. <laughs> That's awesome. Because they're back in um, uh, Berlin, right? Belgium. Yeah. Belgium. Sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was I think that video started, you're like, I'm going. And then you're like, here I am. And I was like, that was quick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The power of editing. Yeah. And I'm just kind of, I'm kind of glad at first because, you know, I do some YouTube video stuff with photography, but. Yeah, I've watched those too. When I, when I was, you know, I kind of listened to what Matt Day said, not the, not to always talk about Matt Day on the show, but (laughs) when he, he was like trying to find stuff on cameras that he had and you know there wasn't much out there a Mm -hmm. couple years ago and now there's finally some solid content on Mm -hmm. youtube even if it's just you know watching somebody going out and shoot you know it doesn't necessarily have to be like this is how you use Mm -hmm. this camera kind of thing like i'm more intrigued on i'm more intrigued on the like non-technical stuff you know i'd rather watch somebody pack their bag and go out to a shoot i feel like you learn so Mm -hmm. much more from something like that and yeah yeah. i mean that was kind of my concept too when i was starting i there were definitely like camera reviews and i feel like Mm -hmm. negative feedback made a ton of great camera reviews like they're beautifully filmed and everything but oh yeah i like i was just like 
ambitious to see more of people's photography process. Right. And that's right. kind of what right. I, what I wanted to do more is just like, it wasn't a thing. It wasn't me saying like, Oh, my photos are so great. I need to show people how I make these. It was just more like, Oh, I'm going to record my process and share it. And if people are interested, then that's awesome. Because yeah, I think seeing people's process is, is so valuable. Like I learned so much from the one or two photographers that I've assisted or just seeing people work in real life is definitely the most valuable teaching experience. So I thought, I, yeah, if I, I agree. Could translate I agree. that to YouTube. Plus, it's also like an inspiration. Anytime, like I'm in a mm-hmm. rut and I go, I see somebody like out there doing it. I'm like, oh, I gotta just get up and go. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh yeah. It makes you want to go shoot. So Definitely. it's good that we have that. So Willem, are you are you like a? I notice on your channel you shoot a lot of medium format. Yeah. Is is that strictly how you roll, or do you, do you shoot some 35 too? I have like one 35 millimeter camera that I actually use, but I always end up using it as like a B camera to my medium yeah. formats and. I never really put a ton of effort into those photos, so I never really get, like, results that I'm too pleased with. So then I just lean more towards medium format, and then I, I, I'm not against 35. Like, I, I definitely should do shoots where I take just that camera because then I'll actually, like, have to try. But have I to think, use it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, medium format is definitely where it's at for me right now. I was going to say, is that including your personal work or just for, like, shoots? Um, personal work too. Wait, by personal work, you mean what exactly? Like like strictly medium format. I mean, what's personal work? Um, just like not something you're, you know, shooting for a client or like just like going out and going to the beach and shooting around for fun type of thing. Like nothing that's, you know, serious. I mean, I actually don't do too much of the not serious stuff, if that makes sense. Like personal work, I would consider like taking portraits of my friends, but I would still use medium format for that. Like cool. when I when I made that video in Belgium with my grandparents, like I guess that's my personal work yeah. and mm-hmm. I'm still using medium format. I don't know. I develop and scan everything myself and we can talk more about that later maybe. But for me, like the process of 35 is just there. I don't have a good way to scan it and that deters yeah. me so much from yeah. shooting it. See, I kind of just incorporated that into my style. Like, because 35 is you really don't get a really good detailed scan on a flatbed, you know, on like a, an Epson six or seven or 800 or something like that. I mean, it's good enough. I mean, it's good enough to, to get by, but, and to make prints, you know, as long as you're not going like 16 by 20 Mm -hmm. or something like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, but I, I shoot mostly 35 and I've kind of just turned it into gritty, like, that's my thing. It's the gritty mm-hmm. 35, you know? Cause it's funny. Cause I just scanned in a bunch of Pentax six, seven shots that I took and I'm like, wow, like you can zoom in so much mm-hmm. on this. Yeah. It looks so crispy. Mm-hmm. Like I almost feel like it's too polished compared mm-hmm. to like the stuff I've been doing for a while now. Yeah. I mean, I, I scan at school and we have these like crazy Hasselblad X5 Imacon scanners, whatever they're called. Oh, they have, like, wow. different names. And and even on that, I'm the scans are amazing. And I have work on 35 that I've shot in the past that I love so much. But I feel like it's probably... I don't want to blame it too much on the gear, but I'm shooting with, like, a, a Canon EOS, like, autofocus body. And I feel like it's too mm. fast to where my, my 35 millimeter rolls when I look at them. Like, the exposures and everything are fine because it has a built-in light meter. But, like... It's just I shoot it I shoot it too quick and it makes me not want to put the effort into the scan and that sounds lazy but when I have like the option to scan 35 or medium format I'm going to choose medium format any day. That makes sense. That's, I never I never thought of it that way cuz it is you know I've been shooting a lot of point and shoots lately yeah. and I am just burning through rolls of film with that you know just running around and kind of shooting from the hip and taking more chances because when you're shooting you know, a six by seven, cause I know you shoot a Mamiya RZ all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you got 10 shots, you know, you want those 10 to like count. Right. You, know? you, you, you don't just go around and fire off those like a 35. You know, I, today I, I, you know, I had off today and I was debating like, should I gear up and like go down with a bunch of fun stuff, like a big camera and a tripod and try to really get some like candid street stuff? Or should I just put two point shoots in my pocket and just kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. go crazy? <laughs> What'd and you do? That's what I ended up doing. I yeah. ended up blowing through two rolls in like four laps around block, you know, and there's, there's a certain kind of, there's a certain something to that that I've, that I've been enjoying. Like yeah. I'm starting to get better at, you know, taking photos of people when they have no idea that I'm doing it. I, I definitely get what you mean by that. 
I guess I'm just so used mm-hmm. to shirt, shooting 35 that I've kind of just incorporated it into my everyday. Mm-hmm. And because it's so it's so heavy carrying one right. of those big ass cameras around <laughs> all the time. Sometimes that's also like uh, a bad thing. Like I, I went to Paris over the summer. I was in Paris for like five days because it's it's close to Belgium where I was visiting my family. And I, I brought my RZ and I shot like four rolls. And honestly, all four were garbage, man. No. Yeah, the camera, it's it was it was just too heavy to do that kind of travel photography yeah. with. And I like I I was just it was just like wearing me down. And I was like, not yep. I, like we were walking for five hours, you know. And, like, yeah. carrying oh, that thing for man. five hours, like, I wasn't... It didn't make me want to shoot. I was just like, I want to throw this thing away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess it, it really, like, you have to think about your gear when you go and when you, like, what kind of trip you're going to take and mm-hmm. when you have time for certain things. But I get... Even on this last trip, like, through New Orleans and Memphis and Nashville mm-hmm. and all that stuff, I brought two. I brought my... Well, I rented a Contax T2, and then I had my Contax G1, and I really wish I just had the G1, because I could have just kept that mm-hmm. around my neck, versus, like, pulling the T2 out of the bag all mm-hmm. the time, and then, like, having black and white in one. I just wish I had one, just to keep it yeah. simple, you know? When you have too many options, man, it definitely makes it... I, I do it to myself every time. Like, I always have three... I have three cameras in my bag, and then there's the one that I carry, like, all mm-hmm. the time. And I'm just like, why do I even bring those other three? Like, I never use them. But it's like, well, what if I need it? You know, right. kind of thing. And it, I don't know. And, I then, don't... and then half the time, like, I didn't, like, finish the rolls in both. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, you bring one, you, you're, this is what I'm shooting, so you're going to shoot it. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I actually, like, ended up, I made a video on my camera, like, collection or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I saw that one. Two weeks ago, maybe. And I actually sold a couple of my cameras, and I... Now I have one medium format camera. I have one Polaroid camera. <laughs> yeah, I have one point and shoot and like one SLR and a rangefinder. I have like, I, I just like, when I had too one many options to interchange between, I, I got too caught up in thinking like, oh, do, like thinking mm-hmm. about what camera was going to be great when really like, as long as you have something light and something heavy, like I think you're pretty set yeah. and you have the formats that you like to shoot. I need to, I need to do that too. I mean, I'm kind of in the, I, I did a whole like because you you mentioned my camera rack behind me. I I just <laughs> yeah, it was last too. weekend, last weekend I took everything down and dusted it off because you know these cameras, you know I do take some of them out and some of my like all time favorites are on there that mm-hmm. you know I've I've fallen in love with throughout the years. But it's like man, I really need to just narrow it down. But then I'm scared too. I'm like, what if I get what what if I can never find one again when I because <laughs> I always have that seller's remorse yep. every time I get rid of yep. a camera that like yeah. oh I don't know no I I understand that and I'm not against people having like a ton of cameras I think it's awesome especially if you're mainly like a hobbyist and you just enjoy shooting but I think if you're like I'm kind of trying to build a career in photography I'm trying to right. just yeah. not be distracted by cameras and more focus on the pictures I'm taking to the most like extreme extent, if that yeah. makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, I no, sold completely. my Mamiya 645, which was my first medium format camera. And I'm sure I'll regret that so much down the road because it was my first medium format camera. But mm-hmm. I'm, I'm always debating, do I take the 67? Do I take the 645? <laughs> <laughs> and I get caught up in that. And I sold it for like 260 bucks. <laughs> Yeah, more film. <laughs> and you're like, dang it. Now I'm just buying more film with that money, but yeah. That's good at that's, least. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at too. I think I'm going to do the purge, the mm-hmm. purge soon, the big one. And because I, I, I've been keeping everything that I that I shoot in this little drawer set that I have over here. You know, I have my Pentax 6-7, which is like mm-hmm. my, my big boy. And then, uh, the point and shoots that I've been shooting. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of content right now with that. But again, like, I feel like if I get rid of something, I'm going to totally regret yep. it. And then I'm going to be on the hunt again. Yeah. I mean, I have no reason <laughs> to get rid of it. Maybe I just need to. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's, that's like the forever, like, loop that we're in. Like, sell it, yeah. <laughs> want it back, buy it, want this instead, get that. 
Yeah, it's well, not I a mean, good I, lube. No, it's not. I've I've owned three different RB six sevens. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that's it's crazy because I'll get rid of it to get something else, and then I'll be like, I hate this camera that I traded this for. I need it mm-hmm. back because those the RB the RZ like they're both just the lenses. I I'm obsessed with the look that you get. It you almost get like a four by five look with that with those cameras, and it's. Oh, I don't mm-hmm. get it with the the Pentax. I don't see that depth of field and the the rendering that the lenses. I mean, nothing against the Pentax six seven. Yeah. I'm obsessed with that camera too. But I I don't know. I guess you always want what you don't have. That's why. That's <laughs> why a uh, film film objective is such a great place to filmobjective.com. You can rent cameras before you yeah. sell off stuff and buy it and not like it. So shout out to those guys. Anyway. <laughs> Oh, we were talking about Pentax 6.7 um, or Z 6.7. I had exactly the same thing. And people ask me, that's probably the thing I get asked most is, is why did you switch? I'm sad that the thing I get asked most is a gear question. But anyway, um, <laughs> I, I totally goes, understand why that's the case because I was asking the same questions. But uh, yeah, I think it's just the way it, it works because you're shooting the same thing with Lenses that I think are like essentially the same. You have a, a 110 2.8 or a 105 2.8. Like the lenses yeah. are almost identical. And the only thing that's different about those cameras is the way you shoot it and the way the viewfinder works. So I, yeah, there's something about the RZ viewfinder that for me is like unreal. Maybe it's just the ground glass. Same here. I, it almost looks, I remember when I first got it and like flipped it up, flipped the waist level up and looked down in it. I was like, this is incredible. Yeah. Like there was, there was nothing mm-hmm. like that the first time I saw it. And still to this day, like I'm still completely obsessed. Mm-hmm. I remember showing this, there was a, a digital guy. I, I had shot my first book, that homespun book that I did. I shot that whole thing with the RB67. And there's just something about having a waist level viewfinder that and doing like kind of candid street portraits where people don't really know that you're taking their picture or they're also more willing to let you take their picture too, because, you know, you have something that's not, you know, it's not a cell phone. It's not a, Mm -hmm. a camera up to your face. It's kind of more inviting that way. And it's definitely something to talk about. Mm -hmm. So, but. I, I was showing a guy that was cruising around taking photos too, and he was shooting just like a Canon DSLR or something like that. And I let him look through it, and he's like, Oh, wow, that's digital. Like, that's what it looked like to him. He thought it was like a view screen <laughs> that he was looking down on. He couldn't comprehend it. He was just like, Oh, man, that's crazy. How do they get the LCD? Where, you know, how do you? And I'm like, No, dude, this is film. Like, wow. look at it. Like, here, hold it. And yeah, it's wild. It's film, bro. <laughs> yeah, come on, bro. Are those side note? Are those Polaroids in a frame behind you? They are. Yeah, I love it so much. You didn't see his uh, one did. step two video? No, I did, but I also oh. just wanted. To... <laughs> the, these oh, are actually see... all three like misfires. They're not even photos I took. Like, the, oh, when oh I was, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, when I was trying to figure out how to shoot RZ six seven Polaroids. These were just like accidents that that came out when I didn't press the button or whatever when I was figuring out how to like build the the back for it. Mm-hmm. And they they look so nice and like there's this one that's split down the middle, red and blue, and then a completely red and a completely blue one on each side of it. And I just oh, think that's, that's so, so crazy great. how that worked out. Yeah, man. Where did you get the frame, or did you just kind of stick them like no, in a mat and then it's just like an ikea frame it was like That's 15 awesome. bucks <laughs> cool love it anyway <laughs> a lot of people have asked about those actually <laughs> yeah, i'm gonna like try and do it now <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah right yeah, I, I found there are frames online i was looking for the longest time because um when i do like art shows and art crawls and stuff i always bring some of my original polaroids with and you know try to make a you you can put a pretty pretty fair price on those just because they're like one of a kind, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. So I always bring a couple with and, you know, do a crazy markup because I live in a very rich southern town at the moment. <laughs> so I always try to, you know, yeah. be a little shysty with that. But um I well, found you're worth these. it, Timothy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Well, no, it's funny because, you know, pricing your work is like one of the hardest things in the world to do, especially when you're not you know, I don't have like a studio. Right, I'm not right. like a well-known, you know, whatever. <laughs> but 
it's just crazy because there's people that'll come in like when I would be doing art crawls or art shows down here and they'll be like, wow, your stuff is priced way too low. And then there's people that'll come in and they're just like, what? $250 for that? And it's like, yeah, dude, it's a six by 16 by 20 <laughs> yeah. framed oh, and matted. <laughs> you know, like I think like I could have yeah. charged $4,000 yes, for that. Could've. But like I'm, you know, yeah. I'm trying to help you out. So, like these are just my material costs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it, for real. Mm-hmm. But crazy. I'm, I, I've been dying to talk about this since because like, I haven't run it past anybody yet, but there's this wall. I call it the wall down here. It's on 4th and Main. It's this big white wall. I'm sure if you scroll through my Instagram, you'll see a bunch of different shots from that wall. But I just had this like, I think it was one of those times where you, do you ever like dream about something like a project or something that you want to do? And then you like, that's kind of, I think I was having trouble sleeping the other night and I kind of had this in and out dream about doing kind of like a random pop-up shop not really pop-up shop but like uh I don't know what it's called it's like gorilla not gorilla art but I want to take all the the pictures that I took on that wall and put them in like four by six and five by seven little plastic frames and kind of just stick them on that wall because people walk past that wall all the time like just kind of you know, stick them up there and then just leave them. Mm-hmm. And if people take them or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, I just want to do this like candid show. Yeah. That's super cool. I, I had to say it out loud because I just bought like $30 worth of frames tonight at Target to, to do that's that. That's a great so, idea. Oh, wow. Once you say it on the podcast, you have to do it. Now so it's yeah, I, it's, it's in, it's in blood right now. On the podcast. <laughs> you know, ours. I just, it's just funny because like it's just one of those spots i don't know if you guys have them at all is there like a spot that you go to that like you always have to shoot it no matter what like is there a spot like that that you guys have because i have about three different spots there's this american flag that is always like in some awkward position so i always take a shot of that i probably have 50 shots of this flag it makes it on every single roll it's like an ocd thing i think i think it it has to be on the roll to just i don't know but there it's a flag that wall i always have to take a shot of because people do the weirdest thing at this wall i don't know why like they they kind of like the way they pass each other and stuff there's just this like i don't know there's something there Mm -hmm. that always happens when people pass each other so i just stand there you know sometimes i'll just sit on the sidewalk and just take 15 shots of people walking past that wall but you should do it you should do a book on that yeah God, there's so many books I want to make. You can call it, like, The Wall. The Wall. Pink Floyd. Yeah. <laughs> comes, comes with the Pink Floyd CD. <laughs> Man, so what, what, Willem, are you are you planning on doing any kind of, like, zines or books or anything? Do you have anything kind of stewing? Yeah. I've been teasing a Coney Island zine. Oh, oh yeah. yes. Please, please, yes, please, yes, please, please. Yes, yes, <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. I'm, I'm working on all the scans for those photos because I really want to get them right instead of doing them and then having to go and rescan. Um, but I have like a couple rolls of film right here on my desk that I've developed from that project um, that I still need to scan. So once I get around to scanning those, um, that scene definitely will happen. Yes, do it. Because uh, I don't know, I'm kind of conflicted because there's, no there's no real meaning to the photos. I just go to Coney mm-hmm. Island and shoot what I find visually interesting and that kind of has me like questioning about what exactly i i want to do when i shoot like i guess that would be more documentary style photos yeah Um, yeah but then i'm also okay with the fact that you can just make something that's visually like beautiful yeah and i think that's what i want that zine to be because i don't think i'm in the position to make like a a body of work about like the political or the social state of Coney Island in any way. Right. Cause it is like a very, it's, it's an area of New York that is going through like a lot of gentrification and it definitely has a lot of, um, interesting things going on in like it's, it's social climate. And I just don't think I'm someone to like in a position to talk about that. Cause I'm 19 and I'm a student living in Manhattan. I just, don't feel like but then at the same time like i want to photograph it so i think the zine will be purely like an aesthetic thing and the curation of it will be based on like aesthetic choices that i feel make sense between the images and yeah yeah, 
I don't know. How do you guys feel about that? I think the story will will kind of come out when you're doing the layout. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you can find what the theme is mm-hmm. and what the what kind of like because that's what I did with the the latest book I did three days. Like I didn't really go when I was shooting. I didn't really go to shoot something. You know, mm-hmm. it was kind of just I just did what I do here there. Mm-hmm. You know, right, and I right, was there right. for three days and I just captured. But like like the pictures alone don't really because that's why i haven't shared many of the single pictures Mm -hmm. because they don't really fit you know alone Mm -hmm. yeah so it's kind of just i used it as a story as kind of and i kind of broke it into chapters and i don't know i think once you get to that point once you've gotten gotten what you want Mm -hmm. i mean are you still going and shooting or do you have what you want to do it i i think i have what i want um obviously i have to see how the rest of these scans come out but Coney Island is like for the next six months is not going to be a place to be because there's no sun and it's cold from this point on. So um, it might be cool to shoot it then, though, too, just to to have some uh, like yin and yang. That's (laughs) true. That's true. Maybe when everything is closed and it's snowy. Yeah, that'll be cool. Yeah, that's what I've been thinking. But I also want to get the scene out. I don't know. Maybe sooner than that. I have some <laughs> real projects that I'm planning on shooting that have genuine narratives, but I also feel like it's okay to practice photography in a more design-oriented sense where it's more about your composition and your colors and just like formal structures in the photos rather than purely narrative. Because I, I think the, the best photographers nail both of those. They nail story and they nail aesthetics. True. Do you ever mix it up with like any street photography or are you, are you mostly like portraits and... There are some in there, but it's hard to do that with an RZ. I have a couple True. that <laughs> magically, I have no idea how, like it was like the decisive moment and yeah. they just came yes. out. They, they were perfect and I have no idea how because I just happened to focus. I didn't even use my light meter and they came out so good. Mm-hmm fate yeah right i actually went out shooting um with a friend of mine actually um adrian he w- he was on our show a while yeah, back yeah 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 we, he's course. got he's got two film cameras now one of which our, one of our listeners sent him after he was on our show <laughs> no so that's kind of cool that's yeah awesome. they sent him a little cool. um stylus epic uh zoom and so we went out shooting and we were walking and talking and this like you know gorgeous la couple comes walking towards us and they're like backlit and I just like didn't do it. I didn't shoot him. I didn't ask for a portrait. Chris. I was just like, this is not getting any easier for me. <laughs> <laughs> I talk about it all the time, and I still can't do it. But man, yeah, it it is it is tough asking people for the shot. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of why I don't ask. Like, and I, you know, a lot of people frown upon that. Like, they feel like you're taking advantage and stuff like that. But, like, I'm not out to, like, catch people, like, shoving a hot dog in their mouth yeah, right. and looking <laughs> funny or something, you know, something stupid like that. Like, I'm trying to catch, like, you know, the actual, oh, like, the communication between, like, a mother and a, and a, mm. and, a and their son or, you right. know, uh, I, I love, like, I'm a big fan of taking, like, piggyback pictures for some reason. I always Cute. look for those. Like, when a dad has, like, <laughs> his daughter or son on his shoulders and the kid's like the kid recognizes me but like the dad has no idea because he's like looking at his phone and <laughs> stuff like that you know there's just so many there's so many ways to to i don't know i'm not a i'm not a pro at it by any means but like i really do try to to push myself when it comes yeah. to it because it is scary man it's really scary shooting strangers especially yeah. when i mean i'm sure like new york it's a little easier to do it there mm-hmm. because people are kind of used to that but like i live in a little rinky dink southern town <laughs> right. where you know people already think i'm like the weirdo because i got like knuckle tattoos and stuff like that <laughs> so i'm like you know yeah for me it's like it's like one of those things that i'm scared of and i just have to get over it and it, it takes me, I mean, with everything that I do, like my YouTube channel, I was terrified to do it and I wanted to do it so bad. And now I'm, you know, I'm not the best at it, but I feel comfortable in front of the camera. Same thing with the show. I wanted to start a podcast and didn't know how to get there. I was too afraid. So once I face that fear and start to do it, mm-hmm. you guys see my feet. I'll be street photographer <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> it it so helps to ease there. into it. Like I... Yeah. I started, I, I mainly shoot like people that I ask. And I, I started with shooting fashion portraits like that on the street. Cause I guess that's more acceptable. People like having their street mm-hmm. styles taken. And 
Yeah. That like I would wear something, I guess, that was that made people see like, oh, he's into that too. And I mean, having that common connection was easier, but the moment I stepped to Coney Island, the amount of people who are like, no, definitely went up exponentially. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think it's like letting letting the no's not bother you. Yeah. Like, okay, cool, and just keep going versus yeah, like kind a, of shaking my, it my off. first no would be mm. like devastating. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's just like you have to see it from their perspective too. Well, Somebody, true, true. You're asking for something. You're taking something from them and they're getting nothing. You're like, mm-hmm. you're taking their time and their photo, which is arguably taking more than just their time. Like it's, I'm totally fine with no's and I respect people and people are always nice. It's, it's been a good practice though. I love doing that. I think you should though, Chris, I think you should go out more with people. Yeah. I think, I think yeah. it's cause I, part of it is because, you know, when I, I do like for work, I do portraits of people for like a job. Yeah. You know, I'm like hired to take mm-hmm. their portrait. So I think it's just like, not, they're not a client. They're just like a random person. So that, maybe is why like i get a little freaked out like they're not asking for it <laughs> they're not hiring me you know yeah. yeah and you just have to treat it as weird as it actually is like it yeah. is weird yeah, yeah. it is yeah. really weird true, true, yeah. True. yeah yeah and it's it's weirder now with social media and with the internet it's it's mm-hmm. 400 times weirder than ever i feel like even though i never lived in a time without that but and we've talked about on the show that like timothy you've mentioned like they think that we're going to do something terrible, like turn them into a meme or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or use, you know, like I, I had talked about on a previous show, you know, I had that guy smash my camera. Yep. Like he took the camera out of my hand and he did not want me taking a picture of his child, even though that, you know, that had nothing to do with what I was doing. Right. I wasn't, you know, taking a picture of his child. I was taking a picture of the wave of people coming across the street. It was, you know, like 40 people mm-hmm. crossing the street at once. And this little town was pretty amazing. And mm-hmm. he, he just took it the wrong way <laughs> so, you know and i and i get that and i would have deleted it if i would have been shooting digitally but that was kind of the war and i was also trying to use that as like a if i was like trying to perv on your kid in the stroller do you think i'd be shooting it on film right. you know like i'd kind of want the immediate mm-hmm. picture of that you know whatever yeah uh, i don't why, need to go into why, that again yeah, <laughs> yeah. why do all the extra effort when it's like a functional yeah. thing not an artistic thing for real yeah but I know, like, anytime I go out with somebody to shoot or, like, you know, I grab coffee with somebody that I've met through the podcast or through Instagram or something mm-hmm. like that. And we go get coffee and talk about photography. And it's like, hey, let's take a lap around town, you know? Dude, my I am so – my shyness goes away. I don't know what it is. It's mm-hmm. like the, that person's my shield. Mm-hmm. And I really yeah, don't true. care. Then, then I'm like – then I'm like hamming it up. And they're like, oh, wow, you really don't care. And I'm like, no, it's just you're here. So I feel like I <laughs> I have true. somebody else to take the fall right. if like I'm starting to get, you know, get Maybe that's what I'll something. do. I'll maybe I'll ask some of my photo buddies out here. Just like, let's go see if we can get some portraits of people on the street yeah. and make it like a fun thing like that. Be fun. I've also seen the approach where people put up a sign and say, I'll take your photo. And then you wait for people to ask Ooh. you. but. I don't the know. Lemonade then, stand? <laughs> yeah. Then you then you're not really choosing your your right, subject church, church. to any extent. Yeah. See, that's such a that's such a tough call because of like getting the candid or asking people because people just get so frozen when they're about to get their picture taken and that you know, I love a good stop street portrait too. Like some people don't care. Like some people pose for you and then some, you know, I don't know. It's such a weird thing. It is weird. I mean, that's like your I feel like that's like more of a style. Yeah. Like we like when we had Alex Farfurian, like all of her all of her stuff is posed people yeah, on the street. Yeah, yeah, that's and right. You're she right. gets like incredible stuff. Mm-hmm. You're right. Of course she's in Tel Aviv on the beach, but still. <laughs> yeah, a little in, little more interesting there yeah. than the norm. We'll be right back with a question from one of our listeners for Willem right after this message from our sponsor. Support for Analog Talk also comes from Polaroid Originals. Go to polaroidoriginals.com and use the offer code ANALOGTALK10 at checkout to receive 10% off your next purchase. All right, guys, this is the part of the show where we break away and take a question from one of our listeners. This week's question comes from Andrew underscore Sensi. Andrew asks, how does he choose his subjects? So that's for you, Willem. Yeah, I'd like to know this too. Well, I guess (laughs) is that that question could be taken two ways. Is that in terms of fashion photography or in terms of the more street, what you would call documentary, maybe? 
photography. Do both, man. Yeah. Give us give us the knowledge. Yeah, I guess when it's fashion stuff, it a lot of them are are actually just my friends and people I've met at school and I like to do a lot of impromptu shoots and it's I think a lot of it is just impulsive and whoever's available. I think the fashion stuff a lot of the time comes down to like 70% styling, 30% model in terms of what makes a good photo. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as long as your styling is true to whoever you're shooting, um the photo will be interesting. So when you do plan these shoots and like have like a stylist when you say style or do you kind of just go with the flow? I will like style things with my my own wardrobe and with the model's wardrobe. Cool. It's never really. I mean unless it's a very serious shoot like for a magazine. I've done a couple where there are actual stylists but Yeah. That's kind of different. Yeah, it's I a think dream. my my subjects are are always people I'm comfortable with or people I've met off Instagram. I don't think I have a, a certain choice there. Just anyone who's interesting and different. I try to find people who are unique in in their own way. Not I don't necessarily go for the traditional tall fashion model. Yeah. I don't think that's a thing anymore. I like people with crazier hair or whatever. Right. Interesting that skin makes sense. tones. Interesting. And, yeah. You have a good video on your YouTube channel uh, uh, where you did a shoot with, uh, what is it, Elite? Mm-hmm. agency that i love that video where you because like i've always wanted to do stuff like that but i've never had a you know i'm kind of like a one-man band and i'm not the most fashionable person i'm like a t-shirt and jeans kind of <laughs> guy and you know i'm into fashion i've always been a fan of it but i you know i don't know a single thing about it so it would it would be awesome to you know i've been on video shoots and stuff like that where we've had stylists and hair and makeup and mm-hmm. you know all that all that fun stuff i mean i i, I get how important that is for a shoot it would be mm-hmm. kind of cool to to do something like that to style or to work with a team you know like that would be awesome to do mm-hmm. i don't know it's it's pretty cool though like your i love your portraits like your portrait work is is definitely thank you on on par i love it thank you especially color work because i'm so bad at shooting color and you have a lot of great color stuff on there yeah color is definitely preferred for me and me too. when when i kind of heard that the dark room at school was going to be all black and white i was <laughs> yeah. like whoa wah, wah. but it's been really good yeah do you get to spend much time in the dark room sorry side note but yeah i i have to like that's, that's yeah so last awesome. night i spent a solid like 7 hours in there i've i've a yes i've a crazy teacher who he he's so insanely precise with his work and he's quite famous he wrote well he's not quite famous but he's like well established in the photo world like he's written books on the zone system and he was taught by like ansel adams and he's a crazy guy that's awesome yeah so he he's really your teachers definitely change a lot and he's definitely pushed a lot out of me in terms of being in the dark room and thinking about photography differently I love that it's part of your curriculum now, mm-hmm. because for me, we spent half the year in the darkroom in, in, when I went for my schooling, mm-hmm. and then a few, few, you know, that was right when digital was coming out, like the early 2000s, and everybody was like buying digital cameras at the end of the, you know, we got a Mamiya camera as our like school camera, and then mm-hmm. people were like selling them off at the end and like getting the, the newest digital, and then a few few years later, they took their darkroom out completely and wasn't even mm. part of the schooling. Mm. So I loved it. Love to hear that a teacher made you spend seven hours in the darkroom. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it really like changes the way you, not even just the way you think about an image in the end, but also the way you shoot and everything about it is, is awesome. I mean, mm-hmm. dark rooms are hard to access, I guess. There is a good like community dark room in Brooklyn that you can sign up for a monthly membership and they do color too. And I think the moment I'm on summer vacation and I have a full month where I can work, I will be in the color dark room over there probably nine out of 24 hours every single day yeah. but <laughs> yes. it's crazy though because like the dark room you can like is lightroom and photoshop you know what i mean like all that stuff that you do yeah. in photoshop like cloning and burning and dodging yeah. and all that stuff like when i set up my when i was making prints in my bathroom with my enlarger and stuff just kind of doing the you know the bathroom dark room stuff i learned you learned so much more about your images and even even like the ansel ansel adams series of you know the negative the the print and uh uh the camera or something i forget that three book series that ansel adams did like there's just so much that is involved in the dark room that you can learn you know with 
I don't know. People don't shoot like that anymore, mm-hmm. you know, with shooting raw. Like if you shoot a file raw, you can you can shoot it completely dark and then just bring it up in Lightroom, you know, like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just I love that you're doing that. I love that you're 19 in 2018 mm-hmm. in yeah. a dark room spending seven hours like that. Just <laughs> yeah. my heart is, is full right now. <laughs> and I'm also a little jealous. <laughs> I, I think what attracts me most to it is just like the physicality of it. Especially yep. when, when it comes to the final product, a print is always physical. And that's why I've been so obsessed with Polaroids is because it's yeah. physical ah. and it's also instant. Like I ideally, I want all my work to just be scans of darkroom prints and Polaroids and whatever, even cyanotypes or whatever. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I love, I just think it's so cool and I'm really just inspired by the medium itself, which sounds corny and no, but that's like, you just hit the nail on the head right there. People tell you not to think about your medium too much, but I think film as a medium can totally change your work. It changes your workflow. It changes the way you think about photography and it, yeah, I think a physical end result is worth so much more than a so digital true. one, even if it's a digital copy of a physical. Mm-hmm. You know? Agreed. I've been kind of gearing up for our holiday 4x6 print exchange. Oh, so yeah. Don't forget to sign up, guys. Send us an email um, before the 30th, <laughs> analogtalk.gmail.com. Shameless plug. <laughs> um, so I've been making, I just kind of ordered a bunch of 4x6s and like little frames for them because I wanted to see like what's going to, which one do I want to set out? And I just kind of set them all together and like had them like laid out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, this like, it just like blows you away. Like these are, this is, I made this. Mm-hmm. This is cool. This is cool. Yeah. I'm holding this. Like this is a theme. And I'm like thinking of like what I'm going to do with the extras. Maybe I'll do a giveaway on my Instagram. But then I was like, well, it's the holidays. Maybe I'll give like some of my friends a print just for, to say like happy holidays. I, you know, I appreciate you. So yeah, I always, we always forget to like make mm-hmm. the print, but that's what it's all about. If you think yeah. about it. And it, it has like a physical presence, you know what I mean? Yeah. It takes up space and it, it it has like the same power as an, any other physical object has. Like, yeah. can I talk about this frame behind me? For for the people who can't see it in in this frame behind me, I have like three Polaroids, and they they weren't even intentionally shot as photos. They came out of the Polaroid camera that I was building at the time, and they're all just like blocks of color. And I didn't even want to put them up in that frame. Um, I bought that frame and I hung it on my wall, and I said, "Well, I don't have a print yet." Let me find something. And I put those three Polaroids up and I, I thought about the, the curation of it. And I think like the art in those three Polaroids right there became the, the curation of the three instead of the photos. Cause I can't take credit for the photos because they were accidents. Ooh. Yeah. And yeah, I, I love having that there. Cause the fact that it's there makes me think about what I consider art, like every True. single day when I wake mm-hmm. up and it's right above my bed. Whereas if I had that digitally archived, I'm not looking at that thing every single day. It's true. Every time I walk in my room. If that was like a, a mistake on your on your photo camera roll, you would just delete it by now. Yeah, exactly. You know? Wow. <laughs> dude, I'm so jazzed right now. I know, dude. I was like, damn. I still feel so inspired right now. <laughs> I, I got a little <laughs> too intense there, but... No, but it's no, true. It was, it was it's perfect. so true. It's, it's like, it is, and I love that. Because I'm thinking about all yeah. the mistakes I made on my, cam- like my camera roll. Like, whoops, I had it in my pocket. And I didn't re- realize I was leaning on it or something, you know? But if it happens with a, with a camera, like a Polaroid, and it makes it a cool shape or a cool color, you're like, I'm going to hold on to that. Mm-hmm. And now it's art, like, hanging on your wall. It's amazing. Good stuff, man. I love photography. <laughs> us too yeah but i mean i i think about it all the time it's i i always get scared that i'm gonna burn out and you know i have burned out with this stuff not not necessarily like shooting you know like actually shooting photos that i like to shoot but like you know i got burned out with the youtube and Mm -hmm. and even posting to instagram was was becoming a chore i was just in it for the thrill and wasn't my photography was suffering and it's like i i'm glad i kind of got back on track and you know kind of just stopped making youtube i mean it's been seven or eight months since i, I can't made a YouTube believe video. that that's crazy i know i know and you know i'm back to kind of posting regularly on instagram because i i'm having fun with it again yeah. you know like i'm having fun mm-hmm. posting pictures and i really don't care what the like ratio is i never really try to pay attention to that but just the interaction with other photographers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Willem, you wouldn't be here today if it wouldn't be for Instagram, you know, like like on the show, because I would have never, you know, had a way to reach out to you, maybe email or something like that. Or mm-hmm. hopefully you see my comment on YouTube. But mm-hmm. like Instagram is is so awesome and such a gateway to to learn too. I always use Instagram too. I I started following hashtags. Yep. Like mm-hmm. you can follow hashtags on there and you know, I just like I follow like hashtag zine report and mm-hmm. I always see like all these people and their ideas Ooh, that's of zines. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good it's one. That is a good one. It is. It's awesome. I mean, and it's not always photography related, which is awesome because, you know, it's good to pull like inspiration from other things, mm-hmm. you know, True. just kind of like pulling inspiration from those three mistake Polaroids that you have. Mm-hmm. Like there's just just kind of being more open minded to to that kind of stuff. And I've I feel like I've grown tremendously in the last half a year than I have by trying to fit into the social what everybody wanted on YouTube because people would demand videos on things i don't know i just got <laughs> overwhelmed I, I i'm actually putting out a video real soon it's almost done i just got to finish editing about kind of my step back and what i what kind of forced me into working on the book that i just released and stuff like that oh it's, good 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 yeah it's 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 fun that's awesome I, I learned a lot and you know you can easily get caught up in the 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 rush of views and clicks and likes and you know mm-hmm. but it's also like, I don't know where I'd be without YouTube. I don't have cable television, so I watch YouTube 24-7. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. But <laughs> I agree with everything you just said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Thank you. But I think it's good to, like, step away sometimes, even if it's, like, you know, like you said, some other form of art, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, even, I don't know. I'm learning another language. <laughs> so, that's, yeah. like, mm-hmm. stimulating my brain and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So... There's a lot of things we can experience. Yeah, movies are a big one too. Oh Heck yeah. yeah, man! I love I love movies. <sighs> That's a whole nother podcast. I was gonna say, yeah. <laughs> should we go there? We're talking for another hour. <laughs> Definitely, man. yeah, man. I I feel like I've been shooting for like a year and a half now. Let's say a year and a half. I hate defining that time, but there's also been like some some moments where I'm like, oh man, do I really photography really? But like <laughs> a year and a half when I look back at it is really not that long. And I'm just like so excited right now about photography and the process of photography. It just gets me so excited that every time I'm shooting, I feel like I'm I'm improving and yeah, mm. I'm I'm just really excited to shoot more. Man, that's exactly what you said right there is like what I've been feeling the last like six or seven months yeah. because, you know, you can only learn so much of like technical and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of comes down to like finding yourself right. in your art. Your and style. that's kind of, that's kind of what I'm, what I'm branching into now is like what, like what the meaning of all this is kind of thing. Yeah. The, the people who get into photography because they're kind of excited by, the idea of of film or any technicality really i feel like they start to drop off more once all those once you've learned all the technicalities and you've tried mm-hmm. all the mediums and you've gotten whatever you've successfully crafted a, a sharp great looking photo like i feel like that's when when people develop into actual what you call that's when the art starts right you know what i mean 100 percent and it's important to perfect your process and, and learn how to make a perfect image, I think. That's something that school has kind of taught me to value is that just like the importance of, of actually learning the technicalities, because a lot of people look down on photography school for teaching you that. But I think if you, once you learn all the technicalities and you get past all those difficulties, the art making is just so much easier because you're not limited by anything. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. True. If, you, if you understand and you have your process down, then you can make whatever your creative mind desires. And that's where like, it comes down to like your style too, really defining your style once you're past all that as well. And I love mm-hmm. being able to like tell, tell who took a photo by their, by the style, you know? So I think that's also really cool. Definitely. I'm still working on mine. <laughs> Everybody's always working I on know. this. True. Yeah. True, true. I definitely see your style though, Chris. You you have I can tell. Yeah. Yeah, especially when like you posted that little thing about your four by six prints. Even though they were all kind of different subjects and some were black and white, you know, it had a it was it had like a cohesiveness to it. Like it was a, uh, you know. Oh good. That's good I don't to know. hear. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, style doesn't always need yeah. to be visual. Like 
doesn't always need to be true based off black and white color portraits whatever oh true true Mm -hmm. yeah i feel like the best photographers are also their style is in both subject and aesthetic like i kind of said that before but it's true. Well, man, we should probably ask you the tough questions now. Oh, yeah. Like, these okay. are the... <laughs> we, yes, let's do that. So, Willem, mm-hmm. Desert Island, you can only take one camera with you. There is a photo lab there that, you know, you can develop <laughs> your film on this island. <laughs> what, uh, what's your one and only you would take with you? My only camera would... I mean, I feel like... I feel like this is such a simple answer, but the Mamiya RZ67, 100%. Like, I kind of figured. Yeah. I feel like, it, yeah, definitely. When, since I started taking photos, I've always been looking into gear more and more. And the moment I bought the Mamiya RZ67, it was so perfect for me that I haven't looked at buying another camera on eBay since. I've only sold cameras. Yeah. Because <laughs> it, it, it works That's so cool. well for my style. And yeah, it, it's an awesome camera, man. It's cool to to finally be settled on something and just to have that, like, I used to go on eBay so much and just look at mm. cameras. And I still do. <laughs> still man, do. yeah, it, it feels good to <laughs> I'm, be I'm done satisfied. With that. Yeah. Yeah. Although now I, I do want something lighter, not going to lie. I want a Mia 7 too. Oh, yeah, that's oh, man. The, but the second. That's the, yeah, yeah, that's the follow-up question. The the white whale camera, oh. a.k.a. like what your dream camera. Yeah. What, so, Mamiya 7? It is a Mamiya 7 too, yeah. Yeah, those are man. amazing. Yeah. Just because it's lighter. And mm-hmm. like even though people say it doesn't focus as close or whatever, I just need something that's holdable by a strap. You can't yeah. strap a Mamiya 6-7 by your side. I mean, you can. I had a strap for mine. Really? But... Yeah, yeah, they, uh, you should look them up. They're on Amazon. They're called, uh, it's by Optica, mm-hmm. I think is the name. Just search, uh, you know, Mamiya RZ67 strap. Mm-hmm. They're like 30 bucks, 20 or 30 bucks. I just feel like oh, it would nice. be more like a, like a backpack than like something at your front. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is. And it's awkward having a strap on there because the lugs are right next to the, uh, uh, the waist level so it's kind of just like i don't know it makes it awkward carrying it with a strap but it is it's definitely convenient to have one because mm-hmm. especially if you're you know walking for five hours like you said you were doing you know mm-hmm. it would have been nice to kind of sling that bad boy around your shoulder for a little bit mm-hmm. for sure yeah i just have a an east pack backpack yeah <laughs> that i throw that thing into I've never that's had a, I've never had a camera bag that I've actually used. Camera bags can be so ugly. Like that's why yeah. I always just use book bags. I always uh, just use camera inserts, like the bag I was inserts. Say, mm-hmm. I was I would be so scared to scratch anything if I just. No, I still use an insert, oh, but good. I I just can't. I have like a big ass canvas book bag that I've been using for a while now. It's got all my shoot film co patches sewn onto it and stuff and but and nobody ever knows that it's a camera bag too like that's another thing oh, that's i can good. like set my bag down at you know starbucks and go and grab my coffee and not have to worry that somebody's going to be like oh there's a there's a low pro bag let's take it yeah you know? so true i don't know i just don't think camera bags really look that good they just look so like sterile and generic that's what i should do i should invent like fashion <laughs> camera bags there you go and I mean, then charge seven hundred dollars a bag. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just feel like with a camera bag, it's always like a set down thing. I literally want my camera to be one zipper and it's fully ready. Like I, oh uh, yeah, I'm ashamed of this, but I just throw my my camera and my lenses in my bag. No lens caps, no anything, because <laughs> I know when I'm like out in the cold, if you know shooting. If I have to take that camera out of like four compartments, then take off all the lens caps and. Yeah. set it mm-hmm. up and whatever like i probably just won't end up taking the photo yeah so don't true. limit yourself even though like it's an expensive camera i feel like i i've never had a problem and even if one day down the road my unprofessional camera <laughs> packing skills do end up damaging like a lens like the lenses are a hundred bucks maybe yeah. yeah the ones i use anyway yeah, it'll be fine. I mean, yeah. that's kind of the, that's, I mean, you see, uh, what's his name? Uh, Casey, like Casey Neistat. Mm-hmm. The dude just like trashes his gear all the mm-hmm. time, but like he's using it. Like that's, you know, it's yeah. not meant to be. I mean, I get it. If I had like a Canon 1D mark whatever and you know spend eight grand on something like that like yeah yeah, i'd I'd baby it too i'd wrap it in a little blankie and stuff (laughs) but i 
you know, these older cameras, especially <laughs> the... Really, really <laughs> okay, okay, okay. But, uh, you know, like the RZs, it's not like you wouldn't be able to come around another one or something like that, you know? Yeah. And their prices haven't gone up too much. No, I feel like they've actually leveled out lately. Yeah. Like, even with the Pentax, too. I, I mean, it would be a grand for a Pentax and a lens like a year ago. And now they're all like under a grand. They're like seven, eight hundred dollars mm-hmm. for. Oh, okay. I'm gonna look, I'm, my Pentax 645, um, the battery compartment cracked. Mm-hmm. And it's. I yeah, brought, that really sucks yeah, that you can't find one I can't of those. find one anywhere. <laughs> um, I, and somebody sent me a link for a body. And I was like, do I really want to buy a body for just because I got one? I mean, it might be worth it just to have the backup parts because, I mean, you do have a guy that fixes up cameras. So, like, maybe he could. But I was just like thinking about today when I brought it in when it was like not really firing and the guy was like, oh, your battery, it's just a little corrosion. I cleaned it. But it's it's weak and it might crack. It probably is. It definitely will crack. And I was like, okay, I'll keep an eye on it. And like, literally a month later, it was just. Mm. And I was like, damn it. So yeah, I'm I'm like jonesing for some medium format after especially after watching all your videos. Well, I'm like, oh. I the only other thing I have is my um my Shika A, which I brought out yesterday. So yeah, I saw that. Way yeah, to go! Yeah. We were just talking about that. Yeah. So, but I just I really want I got to get. Let's not go there. <laughs> I'll be on eBay wait till, all wait night till now. after the holidays. Know, wait exactly. till after the holidays. <laughs> We're all going to anyway, hit eBay right after exactly. this podcast. <laughs> Dude, I think I'm good right now. I'm good with what I got. I mean, I got a little, like a mini Zoom and my little contacts. Like, I'm I'm good right now. That's I'm good. good. That's awesome. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I still want a Leica. I would love an M6 or even an M... Well, the MP all black murdered out with like a 35 mil on it would be... That's my dream right yeah. there. But, you know, I'm not... I'm in no rush. I'm young. <laughs> kind of. I was going to say... I was going to say... I'm going to start with the top shelf yeah. and start <laughs> selling off a little bit mm-hmm. at a time. That's what I was joking with my friend. Uh, I always talk to a buddy of mine, Mike. Uh, I've mentioned him on the show before, and we uh, he was just like, well, you finally have enough stuff now that you could sell it on, get your precious Leica. And I was like, you're right. But then I'd regret it, you know? I'd, yeah, I know. I it's like, have... we don't... Uh, should we or should we do the purge and just slim down to one? <laughs> yeah. Hell no, not one. No, You're crazy. Maybe not one. Um, but because <laughs> <laughs> then there's each, all my instant, each, each. all my instant photographies too. True. Like I have my two SX70s, my my Lomo instant wide. Like yeah. I I need my instant photography. I'm addicted to it. True. Yeah. Same. It never ends. Right? <laughs> I want to work in all instant in the future. I want to just shoot four by five, eight by ten Polaroid. <laughs> mm, yes. Uh, I, I would love to shoot some of that 8x10. Um, what's his name? Uh, George from Negative Feedback did that video with the guy from Lomography. I think it was Lomography that he that he worked. Yeah. Uh, they did those 8x10 uh, peel apart. I think they were peel apart. No, they weren't peel apart. They had that machine. I would love to get into that, though. Yeah. Like, I would just love to shoot 8x10 in general. Because mm-hmm. 4x6 is a blast. I couldn't even imagine how 8x10 mm-hmm. would be. Dude, I actually hung out with that dude yesterday, the 8x10 dude. His, oh, really? Yeah, Devin Blaskovich is his name. Yeah, that's his name, Devin. He's I like, that. I follow him. Yeah, he's like one of my all-time favorite photographers. And, and he hit me up yesterday, or he hit me up like a couple weeks ago to be interviewed for like this, this video series for um, this online blog platform called The Hub, where it's like a place for photographers and models to mix. Oh, cool. Oh, no kidding. Cool. Yeah, it's pretty, like, popular, I guess, in the in the fashion photography world, but he works for that company, and he's like, hey, we're interviewing people. Can I interview you for this <laughs> series? And so, I did that interview with him yesterday, which was crazy, because I love that dude's work. Like, Isn't that nuts how that <laughs> works, man? Jeez. Yeah. He's, he's definitely one of my favorite photographers all time. Like, he's super inspiring in terms of, like, working in an analog medium yeah he's crazy agreed we need to get him on the show there you go that'd be fun you do he would be good he would yeah well yeah i guess as i said this has been a great great episode we can can that's awesome yeah thank you for joining us this has been been awesome talking to you um where can everybody check out your work um i guess i would say instagram it's at willem verb willem v-e-r-b and i have my website too you also have a youtube don't forget that. I do have a YouTube. Yeah. 
it's weird because I never consider that my my work. True. Yeah. Your but, content. Yeah. Your content. I guess I should yeah. say. I, I have a YouTube. It's Willem Verbeek. I make videos about my photography process on there, and they definitely come highly recommended from Chris and I. Yes, I enjoy watching Me too. them. That's awesome. Thank you, guys. Definitely. All right, Timothy, what about you? Oh, guys, you can find me on Instagram at Timothy Makeups. I also make film photography-related YouTube videos. You can find those. Just go to the search bar is the easiest way to find them. Type in Timothy.Makeups. Let's see, what else? Uh, that's that's it. That's about all I'm doing right now. Chris, where are you at? So I am Crispy Photo on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. We are Analog Talk Pod on Twitter, Analog Talk Podcast on Instagram. We have a Facebook page you can like and a group you can join. And we're doing a 4x6 holiday print exchange. Don't forget, Yay. guys, send us an email. I haven't responded to everybody to confirm but I've gotten everybody's emails and we're gonna I'm gonna do a drawing after the 30th so you'll be matched up with somebody and also I want to let you guys know we're getting a lot of people from all over the world um, I didn't kind of specify that in the beginning because I didn't think of it but we're matching everybody up so you might get somebody on the other part of the world and we hope that's okay which is just sharing a little four by six for the holidays I thought it'd be a nice thing to do so yeah that's gonna be coming soon so if you haven't signed up yet send us an email analog talk podcast at gmail.com Willem, awesome. thank you thank you thank you Willem. this is so awesome thank to, you guys to meet for and chat with me. you um, yeah definitely hopefully we'll get to have you on again in the future because this was awesome amazing thanks again guys all right everybody we'll see you in the next one bye, bye. all right first off i want to thank Willem for being on the show it was great getting to chat with you you know uh, chris and i both do youtube chris and i both love photography <laughs> what a what a great time we had thanks again for being on the show guys if you haven't go over to Willem's instagram his website all that stuff will be linked in the show notes thanks again Willem. and guys that brings us to patreon come january chris and i are going to be relaunching our patreon we're going to bring a whole bunch of new stuff to the tiers you know anywhere from one dollar to 25 dollars uh, we're just going to be upping the ante and you know doing more for you guys i i know we had mentioned live streams and you know group hangs and all that stuff that's definitely going to be a part of it we're going to be doing kind of 30 minute after show videos we've had planned and a bunch of other fun stuff so if you're not a patreon and would like to help support the show head over to patreon.com slash analog talk so yeah just head over and check it out and if you are a patreon already thank you thank you thank you so much and guys we will see you next week with another guest yeah all right guys have a good one happy thanksgiving and see you soon bye for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done